Thank you, everyone, for coming on today's podcast, Bible reading for January the 9th, 2022. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make His face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, smile on you, and give you His peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. June 9th, 1 Kings chapter 5 to 638. King Hiram of Tyre had always been a loyal friend of David. When Hiram learned that David's son Solomon was the new king of Israel, he sent ambassadors to congratulate him. Then Solomon sent this message back to Hiram. You know that my father David was not able to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord his God because of the many wars waged against him by surrounding nations. He could not build it until the Lord gave him victory over all his enemies. But now the Lord my God has given me peace on every side. I have no enemies and all is well. So I am planning to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God, just as he had instructed my father, David. For the Lord told him, Your son whom I will place on your throne will build the temple to honor my name. Therefore please command that cedars from Lebanon be cut for me. Let my men work alongside yours, and I will pay your men whatever wages you ask. As you know, there is no one among us who can cut timber like you Sidonians. When Hiram received Solomon's message, he was very pleased and said, Praise the Lord today for giving David a wise son to be the king of the great nation of Israel. Then he sent this reply to Solomon. I have received your message, and I will supply all the cedar and cypress timber you need. My servants will bring the logs from the Lebanon mountains to the Mediterranean Sea and make them into rafts and float them along the coast to whatever place you choose. Then we will break the rafts apart so you can carry the logs away. You can pay me by supplying my, me with food for my household. So Hiram supplied as much cedar and oppressed timber as Solomon desired. Cypress, excuse me, Cypress timber. In return, Solomon sent him an annual payment of 100,000 bushels of wheat for his household and 110 gallons of pure olive oil. So the Lord gave wisdom to Solomon just as he had promised, and Hiram and Solomon made a formal alliance of peace. Then King Solomon conscripted a labor force of 30,000 men from all Israel. He sent them to Lebanon in ships, 10,000 every month, so that each man would be one month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adonai Ram was in charge of this labor force. Solomon also had 70,000 common laborers, 80,000 quarry workers in the hill country, and 3,600 foremen to supervise the work. At the king's command, they quarried large blocks of high-quality stone and shaped them to make the foundations of the temple. Men from the city of Gibal helped Solomon and Hiram's builders prepare the timber and stone for the temple. Chapter 8 it was mid-spring in the month of Ziv during the fourth year of Solomon's reign. Then he began to construct the temple of the Lord. 
This was 480 years after the people of Israel were rescued from their slavery in the land of Egypt. The temple that King Solomon built for the Lord was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 45 feet high. The entry room at the front of the temple was 30 feet wide, running across the entire width of the temple. It projected outward 15 feet from the front of the temple. Solomon also made narrow recesses windows throughout the temple. He built a complex of rooms against the outer walls of the temple all the way around the sides and rear of the building. The complex was three stories high, the bottom floor being seven and a half feet wide, the second floor nine feet wide, and the top floor ten and a half feet wide. The rooms were connected to the walls of the temple by beams resting on the ledges built out from the wall, so the beams were not inserted into the walls themselves. The stones used in the construction of the temple were finished at the quarry, so there were no sounds of hammer, axe, or any other iron tool at the building site. The entrance to the bottom floor was on the south side of the temple. There were winding stairs going up to the second floor and another flight of stairs between the second and third floors. After completing the temple structure, Solomon put in a ceiling made of cedar beams and planks. As already stated, he built a complex of rooms on three sides of the building attached to the temple walls by cedar timbers. Each story of the complex was seven and a half feet high. Then the Lord gives this message to Solomon. Concerning this temple you are building, if you keep all my decrees and regulations and obey all my commands, I will fulfill through you the promise I made to your father David. I will live among the Israelites and will never abandon my people Israel. <clears throat> so Solomon finished the building, finished building the temple. The entire inside from floor to ceiling was paneled with wood. He paneled the walls and ceilings with cedar and he used the planks of cypress for the floors. He partitioned off an inner sanctuary, the most holy place at the far end of the temple. It was 30 feet deep, and it was paneled with cedar from the floor to ceiling. The main room of the temple outside the most holy place was 16 feet long. Cedar paneling completely covered the stone walls throughout the temple, and the paneling was decorated with carvings of gourds and open flowers. He prepared the inner sanctuary at the far end of the temple where the Ark of the Lord's Covenant would be placed. This inner sanctuary was 30 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 30 feet high. He overlaid the inside with solid gold. He also overlaid the, the altar made of cedar. Then Solomon overlaid the rest of the temple interior with solid gold, and he made gold chains to protect the entrance to the most holy place. So he finished overlaying the entire temple with gold, including the altar that belonged to the most holy place. He made two cherubim of wild olive wood, each 15 feet tall, and placed them in the inner sanctuary. The wingspan of each of the cherubim was 15 feet long, and each wing being seven and a half feet long. The two cherubims were identical in shape and size. Each was 15 feet tall. He placed them side by side in the inner sanctuary of the temple. Their outspread wings reached from wall to wall, while their inner wings touched at the center of the room. 
he overlaid the two cherubims with gold. He decorated all the walls of the inner sanctuary and the main room with carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. He overlaid the flower, the floor in both rooms with gold. For the entrance of the inner sanctuary, he made double doors of wild olive wood with five side doorposts. These double doors were decorated with carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. The doors included the decorations of cherubim and palm trees with overlaid with gold. Then he made four-sided doorposts of wild olive wood for the entrance to the temple. There were two folding doors of cypress wood, and each door was hinged to hold back upon itself. These doors were decorated with carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, all overlaid evenly with gold. The walls of the inner courtyard were built so that there was one layer of cedar beams between every three layers of finished stone. The foundations of the Lord's temple was laid in mid-spring in the month of Zib. During the fourth year of Solomon's reign, the entire building was completely in every detail by mid-autumn in the month of Buyi. It was completed. During the 11th year of his reign, so it took seven years to build a temple. Wow, they certainly used a lot of beams, a lot of gold. And it was really interesting to see how large and strong and amazing the angels were. 15 feet, yeah. two of them. Really? With their, if the room was 30 by 30 by 30, so there was plenty of room to... Uh, have these wings touch each other. And I wonder if that's a fair accuracy of some of the, the size of the angels that are out there. The ones I saw, they were about, you know, six, seven feet tall. Huge. Very huge. Very masculine big. wings I saw. You know, just white wings that just, you know, came off from the top. Solid, massive wings. Yeah, you have to just picture that. You know that these wings and it's because it says here he placed them side by side in the inner sanctuary of the temple their outspread wings reach from wall to wall while the inner wings touch the center of the room that's huge right wow do you see jesus in any of these scriptures um, they say Jesus is the sanctuary, uh -huh. you know, that we can see it in. And later on, we'll be able to spot Jesus mostly in the, in the sanctuary built, the holies of holies. Anyway, I was just wondering. Yeah, you know, I think the only, like I was really trying to understand some of this. Um, I just took a big... It was a big monumental project to do this, right? When they, all the supplies that they were working with, I mean, it just gives you, um, you know, the gives you a, a vision of what all of this. I mean, it was huge. I mean, all the supplies that they were getting, what they needed, how many workers he had, eighty thousand quarry workers. I mean, that's productive. I can only see Jesus in that because. Only Jesus can be that 
he's productive. That's all I can say. He's really productive. Um, the one thing that stood out most is this part in uh, 11 where it says, Then the Lord gave this message to Solomon concerning this temple you are building. If you keep all my decrees and regulations and obey all my commands, I will fulfill through you the promise I made to your father David. I will live among the Israelites and will never abandon my people. So... Um, I had to read the study to kind of give me a little bit more understanding on mm -hmm. that. And um, basically it just said that um, he, you know, he promised to uh, Solomon. Uh, I'll just read it. God had an encouraging promise for Solomon. His eternal presence would never leave his people as long as the Israelites obeyed God's law. Okay. Knowing how many laws they had to follow, we may think this condition was difficult. But the Israelite situation was much like ours today, so that's that's what I kind of picked up on is that, wow, I don't I don't think I could make all those commands if I was there, you know, follow all that. So, I mean, and that is something. Yeah, I always tried. Um, yes, very yeah, good. I mean, I'm gonna miss it. I, there's no way I can do that. Yeah, way back there I said, well, the commands, those are the commandments, the regulations, what's that? And the yeah. decrees, what's a decree? Yeah. You know, so you have, I was remember trying to study stack upon stack upon stack of uh, do's and don'ts. Yeah. I mean, it's, thank God, I'm just thanking Jesus right now for dying on the cross because God, you know, I because I know Jesus, I'm I'm better off then if I don't, because I know that I'm covered by the blood of Jesus and I've been forgiven, but it, it God knew people couldn't do this, I think, right? Um, the law was to, to bring man to the end of himself, I believe. Um, but... Let me keep reading here. Cause, but the Israelite situation was much like ours today. God did not cut them off for failing, okay, to keep some smart, small part of the law, a law. He provided abundant forgiveness for all their sins, no matter how large or small. Separation from God led to breaking God's law, not the other way around, okay. The kings abandoned God in their hearts first, and then they failed to keep the laws. Wow. Okay, so that's real important right there. And it says, uh, rather than focusing on how hard it is to obey God, we should focus on maintaining close fellowship with Him through faith. As we put our faith in Him, He gives us the power to obey. But when we close our hearts to God, we soon lose His power and presence. No matter what we have done in this in this past, in the past, we can turn to him in faith, receive his forgiveness, and experience renewed fellowship and strengthen um, from him. So I better understand that that when I I I the more I go get away from God today, then the harder it is for me to continue to walk in His ways, right? Um, even though. You know, if I'm walking in fellowship with it, with him, that's gonna help me, guide me to, you know, keep going according to his his guidance or his wisdom or his 
you know, what does he want Anna to do, not what does Anna want to do, type of thing. So I think that's a really important thing in that um, I'm going to miss the mark, but I'm, I know I'm forgiven. But it's it's when you when you steer away from God that you start to miss the mark more and more and more, and that's where you fall into a place where sometimes it's hard to get back in. You know whether that's an addiction with something or just you know unforgiveness, right? So we just got to keep seeking God daily to keep on, you know, what does he want? What does he require of us to be compassionate, full of grace, full of love? You know, it's, we're always being guided by him. And, and it's, I don't know, I think that's, we have to keep that in mind, you know. Uh, amen, amen. Well, let's go ahead and... Uh, I guess we can move on. We can still be picking a lot of things in this, but most of it is uh, extremely interested. And Hiram had such a good heart for the son of David that he wanted to participate. Mm, yes. You know, and it's just kind of interesting that for my household, his household can eat a hundred thousand bushels of wheat in one year, and a hundred and ten gallons of pure olive oil. Yeah. Boy, those were some thirsty <laughs> kids, huh? Yeah. <laughs> But I guess he was talking about the whole workforce. Yeah, I mean, you know? that's massive. Yeah, that's, that's uh, 110,000 gallons of pure olive oil. That, I mean, that's, I mean, that, I just can't even wrap my head around that. You know, it's just huge, right? Amen. All right, let's huge. go ahead and um, move on. I'll read Acts. Acts chapter 7, 1 to 29. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. God told him, leave your native land and with your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you are, where you live now. But God gave him no inheritance here, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land would belong to Abraham and his descendants, even though he had no children yet. God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign land where they would be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, God says, and in the end they will come out and worship me here in this place. God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. So when Abraham became the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day. And the practice was continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the 12 patriarchs of the Israelite na nation. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, and they sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from his troubles. And God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom. So that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all Egypt and put him in charge of the, plate, the palace. 
But a famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery, and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there, as did his our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb Abraham had bought for a certain price from Hamor's sons in Shechem. As the time drew near when God would fulfill his purpose to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. Increased, But then a new king, new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. This king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. At that time, Moses was born a beautiful child in God's eyes, and his parents cared for him at home for three months. When they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. One day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God sent, had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. The next day he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men, he said, you're brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you ruler and judge over us, he asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that, he fled the country, and he lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There his two sons were born. Amen. Hmm. You know, it's really interesting how Stephen goes into, wow, yeah. into the uh, talk to the high priest, into the the foundation of a beautiful sermon you know mm -hmm. it's just an incredible mm -hmm. sermon that, mm, yeah. that covers and i really the way it covers over joseph he said and god rescued him was with him and rescued him from all his troubles how would you like god to be with you and rescue you from all your troubles and on top of that to give you great unusual wisdom yeah i would love it Wow, what a, you know, that's one of our prayers for this 2022, yes, that to. God gives us more wisdom. Wisdom, yes. Or you know, wisdom is having the knowledge to do the right thing yes. and accomplishing the right thing. Amen. And for us, that wisdom is reading the Word of God because we don't know everything. Right. You know, we want to know how to make better choices, the right timing of God, what to say, where to go, and who to minister to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think I think what you said it well is that that's an amazing. He, 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 I was trying to understand all the connection that he was going through as he started with Abraham, and then he went on to with you know, there was Isaac and Jacob, and and then he went into Joseph and what happened there and the wisdom and 
but then he goes goes into Moses and tells about his story. So um, I'm just he yeah he was a. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, tomorrow we'll finish the rest of the yeah. story on Stefan because mm -hmm. he laid the foundation yes. of... Uh, what of, happens from here? I'm, I'm ready to read tomorrow. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> I'm ready to read tomorrow. Isn't it amazing that <laughs> the Jewish people, they say they're still waiting for the Messiah. You know, you, you can be so smart, you can shriek stupid. Mm -hmm. You know, don't mean to be offensive to anyone, but, you know, hello, the scripture says right here, that the Messiah will come and do all kinds of incredible things. Then Jesus proved to fulfill what? 300 prophecies or 300 acts about that from the Old Testament? That he was genuinely the bona fide Messiah? I am, yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Okay, yeah. Oh, wow. Amen. Stephen, you really hit it hard there. Okay, may I pray the Psalms? Yes, please. Thank God for the gift of children in your family and community. Yes, I do thank God for the children in our family and, our, and the community. The children are just so special. They're just fun and joyful. I love them. And uh, Psalm 127, 1 to 5. And um, it says, A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem, a psalm of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. Okay. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Children are a gift from the Lord, their reward from him. Children are born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Okay. And Proverbs 16, 28 to 30 says, A troublemaker's plants seeds of strife. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Violent people mislead their companions, leading, leading them down a har harmful path. With narrowed eyes, people plot evil. With a smirk, they plan their mischief. Oh, Lord. Amen. I wanted to uh, say something about Stephan again. I was okay. reading the, uh, the description here in the New Living Testament, 365 Devotional Bible. It says, Stephen didn't directly defend himself against his accusers. Mm. Instead, he took the opportunity to summarize his teaching about Jesus and show that it was based on Scripture. Mm. Stephen's review of Jewish history gives a clear testimony of God's faithfulness and sovereignty mm. despite the yeah. continued failures of his chosen people and the swirling world events. God was working out his plan. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ were the culmination of that plan. When we witness for Christ, we don't need to defend ourselves. Instead, we can simply recount God's work as clearly as possible. Amen. We can draw on what God has done in the past to show that Jesus is the light of the world. 
just as Stefan did. How would you describe God's activity? Have you been looking for it? Take some time to think. Think through what you've seen and experienced God to do. And ask God to give you insight and understanding of his ways. Ask him to give you his words at the right time. Beautiful. Amen. That's wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for coming to today's podcast. May the Lord bless you and keep you, surround you again and again, establish you for his good purpose and use in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we did it.